Today we head into the week of Easter, the week that we as believers remember and we celebrate the details of our salvation. In Scripture, as you read the accounts in the Gospels, we find it is a busy week. It is an action-packed week, and it is really a profoundly meaningful week. As you go through the events of, of Christ last week, there is a lot going on, and it is actually, truly, a very profound week. It begins with the Lamb's presentation in the triumphant entry, or what we call Palm Sunday. It includes the Lamb's sacrifice for sinners, the perfect blood of the Lamb of God shed for the sin of mankind, and the week ends in the exaltation of that Lamb as he stands in victory as the risen Lamb of God. All of this occurs during the week that the Jews observed Passover, where for generations their focus was trained on a lamb, was fixed on a lamb. Well, today as part of our service, we're going to observe the Lord's Supper. And we're going to do that in obedience to Christ's command, Jesus' command, to remember his death in this manner. And I'll just tell you this morning, maybe there is no greater setting and I couldn't think of a better setting. Maybe there's no greater setting than to look at his death during this week of Easter. Now, as we begin, I want to remind us this morning, and I want it to be in our minds as we pass through our, our study today, I want to remind us that the death that I'm about to describe was our death. It was for our sin. And it was the price of our redemption. That is, this death is the cost of my rebellion. This death is the cost of your rebellion. I want you to hear that again. As I describe the death this morning, I want us to remember it was our death. And it is the price of our redemption. And it is the cost in blood of our rebellion. Today we're going to look at one verse, Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, God's Word says this, Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. I'm going to read that again. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and we're thankful. We come and we worship you. We praise you. We're thankful for a risen, resurrected Savior. We're thankful for a peace that endures today. We're thankful for an anchor that holds today for a foundation that is not moved and is not shaken. Lord, I'm thankful that you love us. I'm thankful for your great kindness and your grace and your mercy shown to us as sinners. Lord, I pray now in this hour, in this, in this event, that you would be known, that you would speak through your word, that your name would be lifted up and glorified. I pray, Lord, that it's not a, a normal hour, not a normal event, but it truly is a supernatural movement of God. Lord, we give you this hour. We, we praise you in it. 
I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As Christians, our gospel includes the fact that Jesus died on the cross. We say that frequently is a necessary part of our gospel. It is part of our Christian vernacular. I think if you were to ask the kids of our church, our kids, they would be able to tell you Jesus died on the cross. They could tell you Jesus died on the cross. I believe, in fact, that most of the lost world around us could tell you that our belief set, what we embrace, what we believe, includes the idea of Jesus dying on the cross. I believe we know that. I believe we say that. Our kids are trained to say that. I believe the lost world knows that our belief set includes the death of Jesus Christ. Well, here is the issue this morning. If we are not careful, we sadly become cool to the fact of Jesus' death on the cross of Calvary. If we're not careful, we become apathetic. It becomes normal or commonplace to us, and we become cool to the fact of Jesus' death on the cross. If we're not careful, we sadly lose the profoundness and the depth of a Savior who died on the cross of Calvary. And I will tell you this morning, if we are not watchful, our gospel will be robbed of this necessary truth. It is why Paul reminds us our message is Christ and Christ crucified, him crucified. Today we're going to look at one verse, one verse out of a great set of verses that will serve to remind us of Jesus' death done in love for us. We're going to look at this one verse, and it's going to remind us of our Savior and his death on the cross of Calvary as the perfect Lamb of God. All right, let's look at very quickly at our verse this morning. Verse 8, here we go. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Again, our verse today comes in the context of of a much greater set of verses. There's a great chapter. There's a great discussion going on. And our single verse, be sure, is in the context of a greater set of verses. These verses are describing the incarnation and the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is what the section is about. That is what it is revealing to us, the truth of the incarnation and the work of our Savior, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Again, we're going to zero in on the eighth verse. The eighth verse is talking about, verse five tells us very clearly, we're not, it's not ambiguous, Christ Jesus. Verse eight is talking about Christ Jesus, the, the Messiah Christ, the anointed one of God, the Savior of God, Christ Jesus the man of Nazareth, the Nazarene, and so this particular one. And so it is the Messiah, Christ Jesus. All right, the verse starts and it says, Jesus, Christ Jesus, being found. Being found. That word for found means recognized. And that's what it's talking about, being recognized 
Jesus being found in appearance as a man. I want to go slow, and I want to make sure you understand this. Being found in appearance as a man. Now, be very certain today, this is not saying that Jesus just appeared to be a man. That's not what it's saying. It's not saying that he just looked like he was a man. There are some that teach that. There are some religions that teach that. But that's not what it means at all. The word appearance, listen very carefully, in the original language, in the Greek, it translates fashion, or the best translation is form. And so the verse is stating that Jesus was knowable. Jesus is recognizable in the form of a man or in the fashion, the shape of a man. And so what the verse is saying is he doesn't just appear to be a man, but he is in the form of man. Jesus is fully man. That's what the verse says. Now, there's two things at least to think about in just that. The first is this. The reason he is a man is to save men. You see, in order to be the sacrifice for mankind, the blood of animals would not suffice. And our Redeemer has to be our kinsman, our next of kin. He has to be a man. It has to be a person like us. And so in order to save men, Jesus is found as a man, the incarnation. He is found as a man. Now, I want you to think about that, and I want you to start building our picture today, but I want you to see this this morning. A person, flesh and blood person, a person that breathes, a person that would sit at a table and eat, a person that would laugh and get tired and go to sleep, a person will die for the salvation of people. It is not an animal's death. It is not a symbolic, some sort of mystical death. A person, flesh and blood, will die for the redemption of people. His name is Jesus. Second thing to think about is that Jesus is God. We believe that. We know that. The truth of Scripture reveals that. And as God, he possesses all the attributes of God. Now think about that. He is God, and so he possesses the attributes of God. He is glorious. He is mighty. He is awesome. He is powerful. He is worthy of worship, all of our worship. He is the creator of all things. And now the Bible tells us that God has become a man. God takes on flesh and blood the body of the race that he created, that he might save them. Now, let me just tell you, that, that is wild. That is absurd. He would take on the form, the substance, the personhood of people that we might be saved. Verse continues, it says, Be, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. He humbled himself. The word humbled here in the original language means to make low, to reduce to common, or listen to this, to subject yourself, to subject to humiliation. That is the process of humiliation, 
of, of humility, to be subject to humiliation, to make low. Now, I want you to notice there, the Bible says that he humbled himself. Jesus humbled himself. It was not forced upon him. His arm was not twisted, but rather he humbled himself. The best translation, listen to this, is that Jesus made himself as nothing. Most literal, best translation, Jesus, being found in the form of a man, in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself. He made himself as nothing. He made himself as nothing. Now start to add this up as we build our picture. So you and I might be forgiven, so we might not perish, to lift us out of the shame and the filth of our sin. God has become a man. And more than that, he has humbled himself. He has bowed himself. He has set himself up to be subject to humiliation. I want you to see that. The creator of all, the king of all, the Lord of all, the one that is first in rank, the one that is highest in order, Jesus has made himself as nothing. And we went along with it. We took full advantage of it. He has humbled himself. He's made himself as nothing. And we came along and we esteemed him as stricken. We despised him. We considered him of no value, no value at all. We esteemed him not. He came to us and we forsook him. We turned our backs on him. He came into his own and his own received him not is what the Bible says. No part of this man do we want. Like Peter shouts out, no, we do not know him. We do not know him. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Verse continues. By becoming obedient to the point of death. Obedient means submissive. He became submissive to the point, to the place of death. Now, understand, the Father's will is to provide redemption in grace. The Father's will is to provide the Lamb. And I'll just tell you, it's the only place we were ever going to find a Lamb. If there was going to be a Lamb to step into our stead, the the Lord God would have to provide him. The Father's will is to provide the lamb himself. The Father's will is that he would pay the unspeakable cost. And so Jesus has taken on flesh and he's made himself as nothing and he has submitted to the Father's will. To make yourself as nothing means to give over your status. It means to give over your rights and to the very core of your being, it means to surrender your will. If you were to make yourself as nothing, if you were made as nothing, you would give over your status. You would have no status. You wouldn't cling or claim to your rights. Your rights would be gone. And in the very core of your being, with every ounce of your being, you would surrender your will. Jesus on the eve of the cross, remember that in the gospel accounts, 
He, he's there in the garden and he's in torment. And he says, oh, if there were any other way, the cross is looming. If there were any other way, any other way, let's go that way. But nevertheless, not my will be done, but thine be done. And he fully gives himself, submits himself in obedience. Why would he do that? Jesus, why would you do that? Why would you come as a man? Why would you empty yourself? Why would you give over your rights? Why would you set yourself up for such humiliation? It is so that we might be saved. Obedient to the point of death. Think about this. You know what's unthinkable? It's unthinkable that God would humble himself. It's unthinkable that he would come to save us. I'll just tell you, it's unthinkable that he would love us that much. It is unthinkable that he would live to save us. Do you know what's unthinkable? That he would die to save us. The creator of life would die for us. That's unthinkable. You ever watch somebody die? We dress it up. We try to make it look like something it's not. Have you ever watched somebody die? Have you ever watched the defeat of death and their breath goes out, and it may be the last breath, and the breath goes out, and there's no more breath. And their color begins to change, their color begins to vanish, and they, they seem to sink down. They look hollow. Have you ever watched the defeat of death? Do you understand what this means? The creator of life, the giver of life, subjects himself to death, and he dies. Listen to the verse so far. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Jesus became a man. Jesus humbled himself. Jesus willingly became as nothing. Jesus surrendered his rights. When I, when I think about that, I can't help but start hearing a song in my head. And it's a song we don't sing much anymore, but as I start to think about that, I, I start to think about this song. He could have called 10,000 angels. Do you know that? He's still God. He's still the king. He could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set him free. I'll not die on this cross. I'll not die like this. He could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set him free. He could have called 10,000 angels, but the song says, but he died alone for you and me. He becomes obedient to the point of death. He dies. Jesus, the Nazarene, the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior sent from God, he dies. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Then here it is right here. Even death on a cross. Words so heavy that God himself introduces them with the word even. 
You see, it's not just death. And it's not just any death. But it is death, God tells us, even on a cross. He tells us the, the extent of his death. It is even on a cross. I want you to see this. Jesus died on the cross. Yes, that is the fact of our gospel. Jesus died on the cross. That is the truth of our gospel. But I want you to hear today the heaviness of this. The cross was a criminal's death. But not every criminal. In fact, not most criminals. A rapist, a mere murderer, they could be executed in some other fashion, perhaps by stoning. A Roman criminal of any crime would rarely, if ever, be crucified as it was deemed too barbaric. It was deemed too severe. It was deemed too much for a Roman citizen. And so whatever their crime, it's too barbaric for them. The cross was intended to bring intense pain. It was purposefully devised to inflict great pain. The cross was designed to bring prolonged torture. And so it is great pain, but it's not going to be alleviated very quickly. It is built, it is devised, so the torture of the pain would endure. And most of all, it was devised to bring the utmost of shame. Nakedness, bodily functions were done in full view. Suffering and agony, they're done in full view. There's, there's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to curl it up. There's nothing to cover yourself with. All of those things, as you suffer and as you go through the, the pain, as you pull for air, you will die and you'll do it in the shame of man. They will look upon you with their eyes and you'll be shamed as you die. Folks, be sure it was a despised death reserved for the most despised of people. It was a despicable death, a shameful death, reserved for the most despicable of people. Not just anybody can die on the cross, the most despicable of people. Now, for the Jew, it had an even heavier, more shameful meaning, had a greater meaning for the Jews. See this. In Deuteronomy, in God's law, it says, it says, cursed is any person who hangs on a tree. And that is the, that is the truth of, of God's law, and that was the truth that these Jewish folks knew and remembered and clung to. Cursed was any person hung on a tree. And for a Jewish person, a person crucified was cursed of God. They were cut off from God. They were forsaken of God. And so if there was a person and they were hanged on a tree in whatever manner, it's a, it's a sign that person is cut off from God. They are rejected by God. They are under the curse of God. That reason alone prevented many Jews from being able to even grasp a Messiah who had not only died, 
but who had been crucified. They couldn't fathom that. The Messiah would die. They can't understand that, but they could not understand. They could not fathom a Messiah who would be crucified. In their eyes, Jesus could not be the Savior from God because his execution meant he was cursed of God, and that's one of the reasons they continued to reject him. And it was this death that Jesus suffered. Even death on a cross. What does that mean to us today? We read the verse. What does that mean to us today? I want to point out two things on this, the week of Easter 2021. As we head into this week, as we go into the week that we will mark the events of of our gospel, I want us to remember two things this week. The first is this. The first is to remember that was my death. That was your death. Listen very carefully. And it was a fitting death for us. You see, I don't think any other death could reveal the extent of God's hatred for my sin. I might make light of my sin. I might want to excuse my sin, but I don't think any other death could show the hatred that God has for my sin. I don't think any other death could reveal God's holy wrath that was deserved of my rebellion. Listen, not the rebellion of other folks, my rebellion. I don't think any other death could illustrate that. That was my death. It wasn't his to die. It was my death. That's my death. And as I read these verses, as I read this account, Jesus became a man, and Jesus made himself as nothing. Jesus submitted himself to death, a despicable death, even death on a cross. And listen today, we should never forget, I should never forget, that death was wrought by me. That was my death. That is our death. First thing to remember this morning, that was our death. And the second thing to remember is this. The first, that was my death. That was our death. The second thing to remember, that is our Savior. That is my Savior. And as we look at the cross this morning, oh, what a Savior he is. Oh, what a Savior he is. You see, in this death, even death on a cross, we see the magnitude of our Savior's love. You want to talk about how much God loves you? You want to know how much God loves you? You look to the cross of Calvary. What greater love could there ever be? What greater display of love could there have ever existed than to go and endure the cross? This cross, even death on a cross, this death shows us the love of our Savior. You see, in this death, even death on a cross we see the extent of his mercy. You see, it was my beating that he took. It was my stripes that he receives, the sinless for the sinner. And in the cross, we see the great mercy of our Savior Jesus. How merciful is he? Look to the cross, my friend. In this death, even death on the cross, 
We see the provision of his sacrifice what was given to us in the cross? What do we have in the cross of Calvary? It is in this death, even death on the cross, that we see the provision of his sacrifice. You see, yes, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, and he becomes the curse. He takes the curse that I am free from it. He bears the curse that it is forever lifted from me. It is on the tree of Calvary that the blood of the lamb is poured out for my redemption. And in that blood, I have my covering. In that blood, I have my righteousness. Oh, the provision of the cross. It is in this death, even death on the cross. Listen very carefully. It is in this death, this death, even death on the cross that his grace his great and infinite, unimaginable grace, his grace that has existed from eternity past and will go to eternity future, his grace is forever declared as amazing. How can it be that thou, my Lord, should die for me? What amazing grace we see in this cross. You see, it is on this cross that Jesus paid my debt. It is on this cross that Jesus took my shame and carried it far away. It is on this cross that Jesus paid the price of my redemption. It is on this cross that Jesus died my death and he settled it all. Listen, friend, he finished it all. There's nothing left to do. And so grace upon grace upon grace upon grace, we hear the Savior as he bleeds on the cross. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. Oh, what grace. Look to our cross. What a Savior. What a Savior. What a Savior. Look to the cross. Let's pray. Germany, Father, we come. And I'm sorry, so sorry, that we become flippant with the idea of the cross. We become at ease with the idea of a crucified Savior. We become okay with our sin that puts you there. Lord, I'm thankful that on the cross there is my provision, the righteousness of my Savior's blood. Thankful on the cross there's the demonstration of your mercy and your grace, not understandable. Thankful that in this cross I see my Savior's love. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Lord, may we live today as your people May some here that don't know you see today what a Savior we have in Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your cross.